Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies broadcast, it's season 4, it's episode 22. My name is Luke Catfield and I am joined by the oracle of Albion information, Mr Joe Massey. Joe, how are you doing sir? Oh, I like that mate, the oracle. Yeah, you're, you are an oracle of Albion information. Uh, thank you mate, that's very very kind of you to say. I am, um, well, I'm very well now you've said that. I'm, uh, I'm alright <laughs> mate, how are you? <laughs> I'm not bad, I'm not bad, I'm well rested. Well rested, as I'm sure the <laughs> listeners know. Um, oh, any, very thought, any thoughts or comments from yourself on that <laughs> before we get going? Very, very interesting, actually, because we've just uh, obviously had a chat off air where um, I need to lay off you a bit of your time off, apparently. Um, but yeah, you've had. <laughs> <laughs> you chop me in it right there, you get. Um, but yeah, last two days off again, haven't you? You've had two more days off. Uh, for Lou Days, tie mode. Obviously, people can't see me, but I'm doing the old, what do you call it, speech mark things with the, my the fingers. Air quotations. Quotations, yeah, should know that, really, being a journalist, quotation marks. Um, yeah, more time off. Hours owed. Um, <laughs> absolutely incredible. <laughs> do I sense a hint, a hint of sarcasm in that in your voice, Mr. Mansi? No, mate. I mean, you you are working round the clock. You are working absolutely around the clock. There, I mean, you you are definitely definitely. I mean, you're always in. You're always in, and I never have a problem doing this podcast with you. So you are definitely definitely owed those hours. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I'm... It's legitimate loo hours. Got to take them some time. <laughs> it's amazing how you've got you get a lot more loo hours than me. Yeah, I do a lot more work, but I don't know. I don't know. It's what it is. Um, I don't know. It's what. <laughs> have, have you um have you recovered from the, the drabness of Sunday yet? Oh no, actually. It was. Uh, I mean, normally we have we have a load of banner, but like just. Oh my god! It was as nil nils go. It wasn't a thriller. It wasn't a thriller. So we'll just get straight into it. We'll get straight into it because I was going to probably. I mean, I knew you'd bring the game up, but there's a point I want to make, um, and you, and you'll be able to help me with it. So it wasn't a thriller, was it? Um, no. And obviously, that's that massively deflating in the sense that. Sam Allardyce called it a must-win game. Um, I got to be honest. I, I, I mean, I, look, we all thought Albion were down before Newcastle. If we're being brutally honest, that's what we thought. We thought they would go down, but we had more hope. Mm. Um, now, I mean, if 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 we beat Palace on Saturday, I think the hope like it will rekindle, won't it? You'll start. People will start dreaming again. Um, but Sam did say. Newcastle was a must-win game, um, and we didn't win. We did not yeah. win. Um, I mean, the table would have been very, very different if we had. We'd have been just six points or so behind Newcastle. Um, but personally, I think they're going to go um, Newcastle. Um, I think I do. I think they're going to go, um, mm. um, and so it was a massive, massive opportunity. Um, to really sort of build on all the good work that's been done over the past few weeks. And let's not, let's not say otherwise, like Albion are a side who are playing well. They are playing well. They are in games. This is a team that, it, it's not long ago, they can, well, they've conceded 56 goals. 56 goals. The 56th goal was that one against Everton. Mm. You think they're on 55 goals. I mean, it's a hell of a lot of goals to have conceded. And yet, in the last four games, they've kept three clean sheets. Yeah. I mean, it is huge strides forward. It really, really is. Um, but you can't help but be disappointed um, with the Newcastle game. And there's one thing about it that I've got to be honest, I can't understand. And, and you help me out because a stat went round just shortly after the game. It might have been in the game, actually. Um, where it says, and by Diagna, um, basically ever since he arrived at Albion, he yeah. has got the highest XG of any player in the Premier League. Mm. Um, now, that that amazed me because 
While I do think Diagnes had opportunities, I think it's, I think the XG is something like 4.23, 4.26, something like that. I can't remember what it is. But I think Sam has been a bit harsh on Diagna, and, and I don't remember many clear-cut opportunities. Now that goes... I think Burnley's the, the day you look at, isn't it? Well, Burnley is the day you look at. I completely, completely agree. Well, I think he should have scored twice um, at Burnley. Yeah. Um, but with the exception of Burnley, we talk a lot about the chances he got against Man United. I think Sam and, and by Dianga said he should have scored... Um, Another like at least one more in that game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he, he should have. I'm not saying he didn't have. He didn't have half chance. He had half chances for me. He had half chances. That the big one was when Darnell Furlong whipped in across and he was sort of running onto it, um, and slid into meet it at full stretch and he, he put it over the bar. I think. Well, Allardyce said he should have scored. The Agnes said he should have scored. To me. Should he have scored? Really? Should he have scored? I'm I'm not sure. I think he could have done better. Um but I don't know if you, I don't think you can say that's a golden opportunity. Um I, th- I think it was a good one. I think the one that a lot of people maybe forget about, and I don't know how this went down on XG. The one where he kind of muscles off was is it Maguire? And the ball's up in the air. And he, he waits for the ball to come down to try and head it in. Before, and the keep, I think it was, was it De Gea? At the, oh, yeah, no, there? you're absolutely right. That was a better chance. Yeah. Where he kind of punches it away. And it's like, if you'd have just jumped, I think he nods that in. I think you're right. You're right, actually. That that was a better chance. That was the big chance. That That's a golden chance. So we've got we've got golden chances at Burnley. We've so, got... I, I mean, judging by XG, I think... If you have a really good chance, like the ones he did at Burnley, I think they're like 0.75 or something. So you've had two of them. That's 1.5. And I'd say that one at Man United is another 0.75. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So you've got 2.25 already there. There you go. And then, then you look at the games that followed. Everton, the best chance he had was was a header. Yeah. It was a header in the first two minutes. Oh, that was uh, a ludicrous save, by the way. It it was, it but it was. It's a good save by Pickford. But if Diagna scores from there, that's a hell of a header. That's not point seven five on a on an xG ratio for me. Nah, that's like a point four. I agree. Point four, point three, point five, or something. And then you look at um, the Newcastle game, which is the big one, really. When you and you think. I can't remember a clear, clear chance he had. No, me, Philip, Phillips had the big one, didn't he? And that's the thing for me. See, I think don't, I'm not knocking Sam Allardyce. I'm not. I'm not. I don't, I don't mean to. I'm just. I'm just interested in his version of like ch- of what he deems a quality chance because I think I think Phillips is the big chance of the game. I think Matt Phillips should score. Yeah. Um, Allardyce said post-match that Pereira should have scored when basically Pereira picked the ball up 30 yards out. He played it out to Connor Townsend. Townsend whipped it back in again. Pereira met it on the volley and sent sort of a tame effort um, into the hands of Dubravka, I think. I think that's harsh. I I think it's harsh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Pereira should have done better. He shouldn't have just... A player of his ability should be making the keeper work more than a tame volley, which is basically straight at him. Mm. But if he scores there, that's a hell of a goal. It's a yeah. hell of a goal. And this is the slight, this is where I'm a bit like, I'm a bit at, at a loss at the minute because I have to, I do genuinely hand on heart believe Albion have played well in the last couple of games. And I, and I think they've played well enough to win them. Like, I do think they were the better team against Newcastle. I do think their overall performance probably deserved a point against Everton. There's absolutely no doubt they should have beaten Burnley. No. Um, But my sort of... What makes me step back from it and what makes me be sort of less positive is... I don't think we really look like scoring. 
I don't think we look like a side. I don't think we're creating that many chances. Mm. Um, and I think it's a little bit harsh to blame that on Diagna, really. The, the XG stat completely counteracts my argument. But I'm not sure many strikers would. I mean, if we're saying his XG is supposed to be 4.23, I don't know. I don't know. I think that it's the Man United one and the Burnley one, really. Mm. Um, but it was disappointing. To get back to the original question, to sort of create so little for me against Newcastle. I think you have to take into account as well. Newcastle, for me, they started well. But I think they were very, very happy with a point. Yeah. They were, they were. I mean, they were counting on Fulham not to beat Liverpool. By the way, hundred percent, hundred percent. So they were saying, "Look, we get a point here. Fulham will lose against Liverpool. That would leave them on twenty three, us on twenty seven. That's two games, and I know two games swing can happen. But I mean, you, you think we'll be okay? And then Fulham go and do what they did to Liverpool, and all of a sudden that point doesn't look like a good point anymore." For them and and the way they played, I think it was it was gonna be tough for Albion to score because Newcastle, I, I don't think they're a good side by the stretch of the imagination. But any side who is willing to set up in a low block like Newcastle did and 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 really, I mean that second half in particular, they didn't really look like like push, pushing the ball forward and going to try and score a goal and open the game up, did they? It's always going to be hard. For, for a team to go up against a team like that and score, especially in the position which Albion are in, where they're not like free-flowing attacking football. It's not Man City versus Newcastle, where there's it's a constant barrage and you've got all this quality and you know someone could ping one in from 30 yards. It's harder for Albion against a team that does that. Yeah, no, and they're all... Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you're absolutely right. You're bang on, absolutely bang on. I completely agree. Um they did come for a point. They were more than happy to sit back and, and soak it up and see if they could hit something on the break with Joe Linton and Brian Fraser. It was out wide. And it was frustrating. It's just, it's just such a big game for Albion. Mm. Just such a big game. And just a bit, for me, it's just a little bit disappointing that I still think we should have created more. Um, that's it's so it's a weird mindset because I do I do feel like we are playing well and and at Crystal Palace I wouldn't really change anything I wouldn't mm. change the team or system I do think it's I do think it's working I play, I'd play Snodgrass um, but yeah I just I don't know it's just it's just frustrating it's just frustrating that in such a big game I don't think truly we look like scoring yeah if we're being honest. Um, and I think, uh, to be honest, I think if we were still playing now, neither neither us or Newcastle would have scored. Um, and it's just that's just a bit disappointing for me. And in such a massive game against a team that were really are not very good, if yeah. we're being honest. But don't get I don't. They're much much better when they've got Alan Saint Maximum, Callum Wilson. Um, who's the other one? Who Miguel Almiron. Miguel Almiron. Um, of course they are much, much better. But I just felt it was, it was a big opportunity to beat Newcastle. Mm. Big opportunity. Um, and obviously, it's just very, very deflating that it didn't happen. Yeah, and if it did, you'd look at the table now and Albion would be on 21 points. Uh, Fulham, Brighton and Newcastle will be on 26, which is, I mean, and that's, that's a four-point four difference. Uh, a five-point difference, sorry. And yeah, I know, I know, goal difference is going against you, but five points—that's two wins. It just the goal difference thing is obviously very, very significant. Um, but, but I just think what it would do for morale to yeah. be to be five points off, to be on that twenty-one, to be past the twenty-point barrier, to see that you look at the tape and you see yourself on twenty-one, and you see teams above you on twenty-six, and you just think, oh, that's that's doable. That is doable. Um, and look, it could be it could be a lot different because of the Agna. Like I'm contradicting myself, but he should have scored at Burnley. That chance you've had against Man United, you're absolutely spot on. Um, it could be so different. Um, I just feel a bit. 
I just feel a bit frustrated with a, with a Newcastle game still, if I'm honest. I do. I just feel like... It just just a shame. Just a shame they couldn't find that way through. It didn't went a bit more, a bit more adventurous for me. Um, because... What did, you, what did you make of the substitutes? Because there were fans watching... Um, and it what what was it until the last ten minutes we didn't see a change. Yeah, I think that's what, what I think. I honestly, I think probably that's where my frustration sort of stemmed from. Really, um, the fact that with with twenty minutes to go, you could tell that. I mean, Newcastle did bring on Dwight Gale, and and you, and you could tell the plan really. Well, there was basically the whole game was to try and hit Albion on the counter attack, and obviously with Dwight Gale at that, they had a real threat, but. And it was the first, and they'd actually were actually playing with a forward for the first time because they started the game with Joe Willock as a as a false nine. Yeah. Um. So obviously I've been had to be very very wary of that threat, but I don't know if a I don't know what massive what the difference is really between a draw and a defeat for Albion. At this like, stage, it's not a whole lot, is it? It's not a whole lot, is it? And I just think with twenty minutes to go, I'd I'd like to see. I'd have liked to have seen some fresh legs, if I'm honest. Um, and and I'd have liked to have seen Callum Robinson. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I would be fuming if I'm Callum Robinson because it's a game where you desperately need uh, a goal threat. Right? You, I mean, you're not you're not creating enough chances. The one thing Callum Robinson does, right, rightly or wrongly, he'll get the ball. He's direct. He's like, all right, I'm having a pop at goal here. And it, it's it just, so direct. You're right. It gives it gives the keeper and the defenders a bit more to worry about. And I'm not saying he's you know as, as technically gifted as some of the players. And no, but he is technically gifted. He's very good technically. Yeah, and he's got he's got a good link up. But for some like on that left hand side, I know Phillips started and he had, he had a good game. Um, but they they didn't test Dubravka enough. That's the one thing Robinson promises you, rightly or wrongly. He's going to test the goalkeeper. And I was speaking about this with someone else, and they made a good point that he's an intelligent footballer, Robinson. Yeah. He's got he's got a football brain, and I'd like to see him up there with Diagna. I know I know we threw on Hal Robson Carno for the last six minutes. Um, it, was, it was the same as a very intelligent footballer who can link up the play really, really well. But it's like you said, you just know. If Robinson gets the ball twenty yards out, he's having a go. Yeah. Whereas Robson Carnu isn't. The, he's not. He's not of the same mould like that. He, he doesn't. He doesn't shoot from anywhere like Robinson does. But if Diagna is is our leading striker, isn't he? He's our main man up there. He, he is still the person you you want chances to fall to because he's he arrives mm. with an outstanding goal scoring record. There's no doubt about it. Like he's been smashing them in um, at Galatasaray before he arrived. But I quite like the idea of Robinson just off him. Yeah. Linking play, trying to cause a little bit of havoc, maybe having a go from 20 yards and Diagna being the first player to react to it, something like that. And I don't know, I just found it a bit odd, really, that obviously Sam made such a big fuss about them playing on a Thursday and then playing on the Sunday at noon, which rightly so. I mean, that was that was disgraceful. Um, but to then... Keep the same eleven, and then with twenty minutes, then so only make changes with six minutes to go. When Albion needed a goal, yeah. I mean, who? Look, I mean, he obviously doesn't trust the players he's got on the bench. That's the bottom line. I mean, we've got a story out in the paper today where he said he wishes more players would take Dar Roche's example, where Dara was, of course, got games when Allardyce initially came in, found himself out of the side. Allardyce will say for no fault of his own because he was switched from right back, centre back, left back, whatever. Yeah. Came on at Burnley and basically O'Shea's made himself undroppable, hasn't he? Yeah. Shemi Ajay has got to sit on the bench because Dara's playing so well. Um, and Allardyce said oh, he wishes more players at Albion would do that. Um, the, issue, the issue with that for me is the only reason he started playing is because someone got sent off. That's a fair point, yeah. Like, it's all well and good saying, yeah, well, you've got to take your opportunity like Dara did. All right, okay, or shall I just wait until someone gets injured or sent off, shall I? Like, no disrespect to Hal Robson Carnu, and he's, he's a player that divides opinion. He is, he's good holding the ball up and he links up the play well. Against Newcastle, 
Is that really what Albion needed? Did they need someone to, to make the ball stick and, and play someone on? I think you needed someone like like we said, like like you said, you know, Callum Robinson. You need a goal. No disrespect to Robson Carnew, he's good for a worldie now and then. But if you if you're if you're look if I'm looking at that bench then, who's most likely to get me a goal? It's Robinson every time. I thought Robinson and and I thought Grant did okay when he came on, but yeah, but 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 I wouldn't have had him on. It wasn't. I wouldn't. He wouldn't have been the one I chose. Um, and you know full well Robinson's the type of player when he sat sat on that bench. You can tell. I mean, I I don't know him personally, but to me, he looks he's itching to come on. And I'm not. All the other players will be desperate to come on, but Robinson to me seems like a player is desperate to prove a point. I think he would have given us something for 20 minutes against Newcastle, I really do. And he's, uh, let's be honest, completely fresh legs. It's not like he played midweek. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Or the weekend, sorry. So, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's really weird because we're, I'm proper talking as if glass half empty. Um, because I do think Albin have made huge strides forward. I, I, I do think there are positives to the last five games. Um how can you talk with your glass half full when... I, I don't think we've created chances against Newcastle. People can say otherwise. XG can tell me otherwise. I think Philip should have scored. Other than that, I don't know I don't know what chance you're not saying. He, he's done really well there. To score, yeah. he's, re, uh, he's, he's done really well. So I don't think we've created chances against Newcastle. I would like to see changes earlier. We didn't win a must-win game. And for that reason, I can't help but be flat now rather than happy and, and focusing on on the big improvements the team has made in the last five games. Mm. What did you make of Mateus Pereira? Because a lot of people likened Albion's struggles to, to him not having the best game. Yeah, yeah it's difficult. I, I think um, I think it's been quite... A, I think it's quite harsh, actually. Like, some of the... The criticism towards Pereira. Um, look, in the last two games, he's not been at his best. Mm. Um, absolutely no doubt about it. But before that, he was playing well. Um, and and I, I hate to break it to his critics, but footballer's form goes up and down. Like, it just happens. Like, I mean, you want an extreme example. Look at Gareth Bale. Yeah. Like it just happens. You're going to have good games. You're going to have bad games. There are going to be times when you're not as good. And I think, I don't think there's anything more in it than Mateus Pereira's had a bit of a dip the last couple of games. Mm. I mean, I mean, it wasn't long ago. He was the only person scoring and now he's had a bit of a dip. I don't, look, right midfield isn't, isn't his best position, is it? Um, but I tell you what, even when he's having a poor game, which he has had the last couple, he still moves the ball. It's still one touch stuff. He still tries to be incisive. He, he, he never he hides. Hide. Yeah, he doesn't he never hide. hides. He never hides. Um, There's absolutely no doubt about it. Albion needed more from him in the last two games. No doubt about it. Um, mm. But if he was a player who you could absolutely guarantee was going to deliver for you in those big games, then we'd be about to sell him for 60 million to Man United, wouldn't we? Yeah. I just think it's a bit... It's just the way of the world now, isn't it? It's a bit like, oh, a couple of bad games and that's it. People are, like, hammered. And it's just... Just hold on a minute. He's, he's, a, he's a fantastic player. I just think, last couple, he's di- he's been off form. Mm. It'll, come, it'll come back, though, because he's too good a player for it not to come back. Yeah, and... Some people were, were looking at that Fulham result, which obviously took place after, um, and saying, oh, this is the final nail in the coffin, so to speak. I don't... I mean, we've said this before. I don't think Albion are necessarily chasing down Fulham here. I think the likes of Newcastle, the likes of Brighton. I mean, Brighton the same number of points now as Fulham. Yeah. I mean... Uh... I've got. I mean, I've got. I don't. I got to say. I mean, Fulham, Scott Parker. I said on this podcast last year, and it, uh, uh, when Fulham was sort of on a charge, Slaven Bilic will get you more points than Scott Parker. 
Mm. Um, I was never really, I've never, I've never been overly sort of, um, uh, overly, I wasn't overly impressed with Scott Parker last season, if I'm honest, if, in the championship. I don't think he'll mind me saying this, um, but when, when Mark I'm sure, Jenkins... I'm sure he listens every week, mate. No, not Scott Parker. <laughs> when, uh, when, um, when Mark Jenkins left yeah. Albion, when I did like a, I sat down with him, um, to do some pieces and he talked about Scott Parker and how impressed he was with him. And and he said, he's, he's, he's a manager that's going places. Um, and I was a bit like, Oh, right. Okay. Uh, wasn't overly sure. Um, well, I've got to say he was absolutely right. Um, mm. I think he's, I mean, look, if Fulham go down, it, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I think he's done a fantastic job. Um, and I think they might not go. I genuinely think they might not go. Um, like you said, it's not. Yeah, who are Albion trying to catch at this moment in time? It's it's it's, it's hard to know. Mm. Um, I think out of that bottom five, I think Fulham have got the best chance now. Do you? Yeah, genuinely. Even, even though Newcastle will get their big players back. Yeah, I just I don't know what it is about Newcastle. I said to start of the season, I wasn't. I, I was worried for them. I just think you've got a perfect mixture of. of Things that can go wrong there. I mean, no disrespect. I think Steve Bruce isn't a particularly brilliant Premier League manager. I think yes, Callum Wilson's a good, a, you know, a, a big name striker, but he got relegated with Bournemouth last year. Like, oh not, yeah, yeah. You can't... I'm not buying the fact that 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 Callum Wilson can score you the goals of survival because I'm. Look at his track record. Look at Bournemouth. And then, you know, Ryan Fraser, again, I'm not massively impressed by him. Alan Maxwell just can't... Be, I mean, he's a player who can, you know, turn games. He's just not been fit and it's harsh on him because he's, he's he had a really bad, you know, bout of, of COVID as well, didn't he, according to reports and really struggled with it. So that's obviously affecting... Almiron is another, like, he looks a good player. When you, look, when you, when you do the eye test, he looks a good player. But I don't think he's... I think he's in a, a basically bottom five Premier League team. I think that's probably about right for him. Maybe I'm being harsh. Yeah, I think you're being a bit harsh there. I just don't see a team like if if you're you know at one of those middle of the table teams. Do you really go for Miguel Almiron? Hmm. Has he done enough? I think with Newcastle is. You're right. Everything, everything's such a mess there, and it and it trickles down from top down, doesn't it? So mm. it does look like it's imploding. With obviously what happened with Steve Bruce and Matt Ritchie, and they do look in crisis. My one thing with them is they have got those three players to come back. The other thing with them is they have won seven games this season, which it, like it's two more, at least two more than anyone else. They can mm. get. Then anyone else down there, I should say. Um, they can dig out a result every now and again. But what can they now? I'm not sure. As Bruce lost them, I think there's a real chance he has. So maybe they can't do that anymore. I just think I just think those players are good. Brighton. <laughs> Brighton, this I think is, this I, is turning into the, the Brighton and Hove Albion podcast, isn't it? Brighton, I think we're in a I think we're in a dangerous world of XG, where where XG is starting to become more important than the actual table. Yeah. Like, every, we're all talking about... XG gets banded around a lot now. And I and I have said before, I used to be just completely ignore it. I, think, I thought it was absolutely redundant information. Now I don't. I do think it's got a relevance. But it isn't the table. Like, the table is the actual fact of how mm. a team has performed and but but surely with their xg they will score more goals <laughs> like surely surely you'd think surely. so you'd think, like, so. You'd think but, so, i mean but, they're where they are for a reason but they're where they are for a reason like in the last game against leicester like it was lalana who scored wasn't it well Lalana's mm. not going to be the player to keep you up like he's not going to score the goals to keep you up as much as i think he's a fabulous footballer Alana's not going to fire you to safety. They just don't strike me as a team that you'd want in a relegation scrap. Yeah, I just... Like, are there any real, like, proper fight, like, scrappers? 
No, so yeah, I don't think there are. And then you look, at, I mean, it's another one where you look at the players and like Danny Welbeck, right? I know you love Danny Welbeck, but I mean, he was relegated at Watford last season. And I know I'm bringing this up like, like previous, but the only person in that squad who I think is a proper scrapper is Neil Mope. And I think like he's, he's up for a scrap, but does he have the ability? Yeah, well, he's he's the striker that isn't scoring essentially, isn't he? I oh, know. Week in, week out, he's in my fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> I run a I run a separate fantasy league, like a draft one. He's in there and he's letting the side down. But so, like, even at the back, that back line, I'm just like, I think Lewis Dunk's a good footballer. I think Ben White's a good footballer, but I don't think they're particularly good in a relegation scrap. I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they'll survive, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's turned into a quite a, quite a race now. Then that 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 bottom bit. If if Albion can pull the finger out and, and stick some points on the board, it can make for a really interesting running, couldn't it? And well, so the thing is, eight points from safety isn't it, Albion? Nine points really because of the goal difference. Um. I mean, if, if Newcastle was must-win, then I don't know what Palace is. Well, yeah, that's it. You look at you know the fixtures that other teams have as well. Newcastle playing Villa on Friday. Brighton uh, at Southampton, who got who managed to pick up a win the other day on Sunday. Who are who are Fulham playing? I mean, the thing is, like Fulham, is Fulham it, playing Man City. It's Albion's fixtures beyond Palace that are the issue. That's why Newcastle. That's why Palace is so big. That's why Brighton was so big. Why Sheffield United and Fulham were so big. Because look, we've got Chelsea after. We've got back-to-back trips to London. I mean, they're three weeks apart. But after Palace is Chelsea away. I mean, are we going to mm. win it? Beat Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea? I'm not sure. Like, I mean, they're, it's a big ass. Good to be fair, now, aren't they? I they're mean, I, I wasn't. I wasn't completely sold by Thomas Tuchel, but I think he's done a really good job. Southampton yeah. at home after that tough game. I mean, they ripped us to shreds at. St Mary's or whatever it's called. Um, obviously, they're not the same side now. Then back-to-back away games at Leicester and Villa. Mm. Wolves at home, Arsenal away, Liverpool at home, West Ham at home, Leeds away. Uh, Albion's fixtures are tough. They're real tough. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting. Um, Shall we get on to questions? Yes, let's do it, mate. Nice and early, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were talking for a little bit. That's 32 minutes. We're 32 huh. minutes in. Might be able to keep this podcast under an hour. Oh, I mean, what might happen. Um, Leo Watkins, I understand all who want Sam to remain next year, but we've all craved a club identity this season and beyond, and even though performances are better of late, if it isn't the players who will have next year, which manager can stamp an identity on this team in the Championship? Okay, so he is at, he is basically saying exactly what I feel, which is I am so I am going to be happy either way, really. If, uh, like I'm not again. I'm if if Sam Allardyce stays, I think it's a good thing mm. because I do. I think he'll he'll. I think under Allardyce, I'll be have a great chance of coming back up. I really, really do. Um, I mean, you've seen we've all seen the improvements he's made this 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 season over the last five games. If he builds on that, I think Albion will finish. I do. I think Albion will continue to finish strong this year. Mm. I don't, like he, I asked him actually. Like he actually said, like that the performances have almost formed into a DNA now. They are playing sort of very similarly every week. They, you kind of know what you're going to get from them now. Yeah. Um, which is huge because you didn't know really at the start of the season which album was going to turn up. So I think we'll see very sort of consistent performances from now to the end of the season. I think they'll be, and, and they're good performances, aren't they? Let's be honest. I'd like them to be creating more, but they are good performances. Yeah. Um, and I think you could take that into next season. Um, Allardyce will have a good, he'll identify players with Luke Dowling and I think Albion will be strong in the championship next year. My my reservation with Allardyce staying, and I've said this before, is I put him, 
not in terms of style, but just in terms of a, a bracket, I put him along with other managers like Mick McCarthy, um, Tony Pulis, um, who else? There's someone else I have in the bracket, but I can't, can't remember who it is. And what I mean by that is I, when those managers leave, the next manager tends not to do very well. Mm. Because with the greatest respect to to Sam, and I, and I think he would admit this, you you haven't got a blueprint when you when you hire him. Yeah. You buy into Sam Allardyce, basically. You become Sam Allardyce United. Like you you buy into his way, you play his way, and then when the next man comes in, they've basically got a a, a almost not a blank slate, but they've got to. Uh, almost undo his work maybe to do their work. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously very hard to do. And I think that's why a lot of managers fail when they follow managers like him. Um, just my opinion, but you look at like, like I always think of Mick McCarthy at Wolves. I mean, as soon as he left, I mean, I know they were, they were going down anyway, probably, but they, they are back to back relegations, didn't they? Yeah. It all look fell, at, fell apart. Didn't it? Um, and you see, you see these things happen. So, I do think short-term success keep Allardyce because I think he'll make the team really competitive next year. Long-term, if we're going to get back to a, an actual blueprint, what we want is a is like a a, a Brighton Southampton sort of blueprint. Mm. You look at the managers Southampton have appointed over the years; it's fantastic. Um. Even like Chelsea with the greatest risk, they, 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 they chop and change the managers like, like, like nothing really, don't they? And they carry on having success. So, but you can't just constantly be going back to square one every time you get a new manager. Yeah. So do, is Allardyce going? If Allardyce was to leave at the end of the season with Albion having gone down, would that be an opportunity just to press reset, find a manager that is... You, Going to help lay that that found those foundations, and then if it doesn't work out, or if he does well and goes somewhere else, when you bring someone in, it isn't such a radical change again. Hmm. I suppose uh, the issue the issue there is didn't didn't Albion do that with the appointment of Slavin Bilic? Yeah, yeah, no, they they, they did, and and I, and I think I, I think a big reason why I think there's two reasons why Slavin went. Um, one was because. Well, three reasons, actually. One was because, and I think the biggest reason was he fell out of people behind the scenes. Mm. Um, I think there was fallings out. Look, we all know what happened with Ahmed Agazi, uh, but I think that, I think there was fallings out before then, way before then. Um, I think there was issues between Bilic and Albion's hierarchy. Um, I think ultimately personality clash was um, the reason why Bilic left. I think look, look, there's serious question marks over Bilic's recruitment now. It's a very, very difficult one recruitment at Albion um, because it is Luke Dowling's job. Luke Dowling does go after the players the manager wants, the type of player the manager wants. It's a bit messy for me. Um, I don't, I don't actually understand it. I'm a bit lost with the, like the technical director role in terms of, I don't know if. If the the manager needs to have less of a say, mm. and Luke needs to just take care of that completely, or if the man, I find it hard to know. I, I, what I don't like is Allardyce is getting all the praise now for the January signings. It's like, but but Luke would have had a massive say in those. It's like if a signing's good, it's Allardyce's. If it's not good, it's Dowlin's. Mm. That just that just isn't the case. That just isn't how it worked. Like for all I know. It was Luke Dowling that found OK Yokozulu. Allardyce would have said he wanted a defensive midfielder, but Luke was probably was the one who found him. But people won't have that. It'll be it's it'll be because it's a Sam Allardyce type player. They'll say it's Sam Allardyce who found him. But you don't know. Like you really don't know. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just rabbiting on, aren't I? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think there's. I think. There's, there's a case for both. There's a case for Allardyce to stay. There's a case for Allardyce to go. If he stays, it's. I think we'll be really competitive next year. The question is then what? 
then yeah. what? Obviously, if we stayed and got us up, we'd have another year with Sam in the Premier League. Would we keep going with Sam like West Ham did? That's that's an option. Um, but obviously, he's 66. Um, or do you reset now? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, by, uh, by the way, that um, that point you had on Billich, that screams clickbait article, by the way. What reliable, reliable West Brom journalist picks out three reasons why Slavin Bilic left Albion. Yeah, don't do that. If anyone <laughs> wants to do that article, don't do it. But I didn't even say the three reasons, did I? Fallings out, results, because results did go down the, the window and signings, it, it would have been those three mm. things. Uh, but the results would have been almost an excuse because yeah. with the greatest respect, we were, we were three points from safety when Bilic got sacked. Just drawn one all with Man City. Just drawn one on Man City, three points away from getting out of the drop zone. So results are are, are not really the case. I know, I know Albion were poor post-lockdown, but everyone, everyone knows finishing 17th was acceptable for this season. So yeah. you cannot say results are the reason he went when he was three points off 17th. Uh, but, that's so, but I'm rabbiting on. In answer to the question, if Allardyce was to go, who would I want? I'd want um, Cooper at Swansea. Because I don't think if Swansea don't go up, I'll just try and tempt him out. Yeah. You think and Stevie G's maybe a step too high for a championship side? Yeah, probably now. Probably yeah. now. Um What about like an Eddie Howe or someone? I wouldn't be against Eddie Howe. Um wouldn't be against Chris Wilder if he left Sheffield United, which I don't think's beyond the realms of possibility. Mm. And then the my, my <laughs> the other one is this is a bit contradictory to what I've said uh, on numerous podcasts. Go on. Brian Potter. <laughs> Brian, go down, mate. They might sack him. <laughs> yeah, that, it could happen. And, and he tell you what, he's, he's, he's from the local area. Yeah, we played for Albion, didn't they? Exactly. That's the club. Um, so, probably a bit unlikely, because I do think Brian will stay up, but... Yeah. I'm happy with Sam Stades. I'd be happy with one of them as well it's a big decision to make really it's a big There's, decision I'm, I mean Derek McInnes has just left yeah he's I mean I don't know an awful lot about him but he, he hasn't done enough for me to get the Albion job mm, fair um, all Albion fans why do you think Allardyce refused to change it last Thursday and Sunday both before kickoff and during the game when it was clearly needed fresh impetus I know most say he doesn't belong in football in 2021. I think that's harsh. Um, but surely our two games in less than three days would impact us. It's weird because he has addressed that and it seems odd to me to criticise him for it because we, I mean, myself and you and I imagine most Albion fans were saying, look, just go with the strongest side possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, surpri- I was surprised he didn't make changes. I was surprised Snod- Snodgrass didn't come in, but I think he was... Like that choice was kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, that choice went his way because I thought Phillips did well. Yeah, yeah. Phillips has played well the last couple of games. I wouldn't. I, I, I mean, I love Pereira. I wouldn't have been against resting Pereira for for Newcastle. Um, taking both wingers off, like starting mm. two different because just because Albion have got those options there. Look, I feel. Apparently, Dean Garner was unwell um, for a Newcastle Play, Played game. for what the kids though, didn't he? Played for the kids. I think that's a shame because I think he would have been would have made a big difference. I, I, I would have liked. I wouldn't have been against Snodgrass and say Robinson or Carlin Grant starting wide against mm. Newcastle just just for a bit of and fresh legs and energy, and then Pereira coming off the bench maybe with twenty minutes to go. I'm not sure. Um, look, you have to say that. They managed it very, very well, the turnaround. Um, they did play twice in four days, for twice in 60 hours or whatever it was. Um, and they didn't look they didn't look exhausted at all against Newcastle. No, they, they looked like the, the, the more energetic side for me after that first 20 minutes or so. I mean, especially Conor Gallagher and Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who would have been my big question marks before the game. Mm. Could, could they replicate that energy again? And they did. I mean, it was tremendous effort from them both. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's... 
Yeah, but, uh, it's not the team selection wasn't a wasn't a disaster. Um, I'd have just like to have seen it just freshened up slightly. Mm. Probably from the start, if I'm honest. But if not from the start, then definitely with 20 minutes to go. Yeah, not with seven minutes. Um, Andy Turn, firstly, would you say it's likely that the out-of-contract players uh, will all go this summer? Secondly, will Albion need to sell others to help finance finances, given the lack of match date revenue, for example, Johnston and Pereira? Um, out-of-contract players, Joe, uh, Gibbs... Grzycki, Ivanovic, Robson Carnu, Austin Peltier, anyone else? Kyle Edwards. Kyle Edwards. Um I think I mean we spoke touching it before. I think they'll all I think they'll probably all go. Mm. Austin I mean Austin for me that looks destined to be, you know, Cena's career at QPR. Yeah, I think they'll all go. Um the one, the two I'm tempted by are Edwards and Robson Carner. Robson Carner really does divide opinion. I think there's a lot of people who think it's time to move on. I wouldn't be against keeping him in the championship um, as like a third choice striker. I think he, I think he'd do a decent job. Um, but it might just be time. It might be time to move on. Everyone needs a new challenge and to freshen things up every now and again. So. Mm. I mean, it's. I find it. Do you know what I find weird? I find weird. I watch them warm up at, at games, and obviously when the first, the starting eleven warm up away from the subs, don't they? Yeah. And I, I always watch. It's always Robson Carno, Livermore, and Sawyer's popping the ball around, and I think, my God, it's not long ago you three were absolutely integral to this yeah. side, absolutely integral. Uh, and now, now they not, don't. Now they don't. They, I mean, Robson Carnu is the most likely to get on the pitch. And now they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're hardly playing if planned, if planned at all. So I think look, the the, the many of those players. I, I, to be honest, I think it's. I always I think Kyle Edwards has got potential. I do, but but it's not. Every, Albion are going to have to save money and cut their cough, cut their cloth a little bit if they go down. So. I think getting all those players off the books will be will be a good thing, really. Hmm. What about sales? Johnston, Pereira, the two that Andy points out. I think Albion will have to sell players. I do. I, do. I think they'll sell a player or two if they go mm. down. I do. Um, I think Pereira will leave if they go down. That's just my opinion. Uh, it's not based on any knowledge. It uh, really isn't. Um, I just think um, he will. He will go. Uh, I think yeah. he'll have clubs. Across Europe, I'll be looking at him. Um, maybe one or two in the Premier League, I'm not sure. But I think he'll have plenty of options. Um, Someone's going to go for Johnston, surely. You'd imagine so. Can they get Johnston to give him another year, maybe? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's unlikely, I think. Um, yeah, I, for what it's worth, I don't think it's the end of the world if Johnston does go. I think he's been a very good servant. And I think he's shown that he's a more than capable Premier League goalkeeper. But it's not a position Albion at are struggling in particularly with with youngsters coming through as well. Alex Palmer's doing really well, isn't he? If I was if I was Johnston, I'd uh, and Albion went down. He, uh, Johnston loves playing for Albion. I, I, I don't I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that he stays. I think he could stay because he enjoys being at the club so much. I just if I was him, I'd move. I I'd be looking at. A number of different factors, but the big one I think for him is, I mean, he's 27, he's still young for a goalkeeper, but if you really want to put your name in that England conversation, do you want to be playing in a championship? Well, it completely falls out of the England equation. If Exactly. You've got to move when your stock is high, I think, and I don't see how it's going to be any higher really than it is now. He has been outstanding. Um, and I think... His performances have been so eye-catching that a lot of people will have taken note. But if he spends another year in the championship, I don't know. I don't know if he'll just be. Like, I just don't. I'm not sure he will be on everyone's radar as much. But don't get. I mean, it'd be massive for Albion if if we can keep him. Absolutely massive. Um, 
it'd be fantastic news, but I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. If I was him, I'd, I'd, I'd look at... It just depends who comes in for you as well, doesn't it? That's it. Like, who, who needs a goalkeeper, really? That is the issue. Who does really need one? I mean, unless you're going to be playing like a backup or something. No, he's definitely, yeah, but he's too good to be a backup. Exactly. Like Arsenal, like, Leno's a good goalkeeper, but I mean, Matty Ryan, they've got on loan for the, until the end of the season as their backup. I mean, him between him and Leno, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overstepping the mark, is there that much of a difference? What, between Johnson and Leno? Yeah. No, no, I don't think there is. What do you mean? Well, that's what I'm saying in terms of quality. Like, if he was Arsenal, say, say, alternate reality, John Johnson's at Arsenal competing with Leno right now. Who starts? I don't know enough about Leno, really. Mm. But, like, and then you look through the rest of the table, like, Brighton, maybe. Newcastle have got Dubravka and Darlow. Burnley got Nick Pope. Southampton's an interesting one. They've got McCarthy and Forster. I think Forster's kind of fought his way in. Palace have Gaeta, who they seem to really raise. Yeah. Wolves have Rui Patricio. Leeds have a youngster, but it seems like they believe in him. Villa, Villa have got Heaton and Martinez. And then you're upwards of looking at like Liverpool, Spurs, Everton, West Ham. Like I just don't see who goes in for him. Unless like a promoted side. Because you always see that the, a promoted side always goes for a goalkeeper. I think Leeds could go for him still. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think Leeds could. I think Tottenham could if they obviously if Tottenham sell Lloris. Yeah. Um, but then you look at the t- the sides coming up potentially. You got Norwich who are, who look like they're going to cruise back to the Premier League. They've got Tim Krul. Do they do they go for another keeper? Yeah, probably. I'd say you would. Watford, Swansea, Brentford. These are all teams that. Whenever a side goes up, unless they've got a really, really standout goalkeeper, like I think Albion did with with Johnson, they're always kind of in the market for a keeper. Yeah, I don't know. Let's hope he stays. But we'll see. I think I think Albion will need to raise funds, which is the question. Like they won't, they won't be desperate to. It won't be. But I think it'll help. It'll help them to sell some players. I think that was the plan, really. That. I think at the start of the season they thought that Pereira and Dean Garner would shine mm. and if they went down then ultimately they, they could sell those players and reinvest the money for another strong season in the championship obviously with Dean Garner it hasn't happened with Johnson it has um, so I think I think that I think that I think Pereira will go and then I think probably Johnston will as well mm. I don't know who else is sellable to be honest, I think Dean Garner probably stays. He's not. He's not done enough this season to really get a move for me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And then the rest are, are blooming loanees, aren't they? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't sell loanees. Um, Clint McCormick with a three-week break after Saturday's game. Do you think the owner could pull the trigger on the failed Sam Allardyce experiment if we don't win and give someone else a chance for the final stretch? I think calling it a failed experiment is maybe a bit strong. Uh, We nearly saw a miracle happen last Prem season under Darren Moore with six games to go. I don't think they pull the trigger on Sam Allardyce. Not if performances carry on the way they are, even if results don't go their way. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think it's a failed experiment. I really, really don't. Um, I think it's an experiment which would maybe started too late. Yeah, so I, yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Allardyce had a disastrous start. Um, disastrous start. Um, but there's no doubt about it now. They're a much improved, no, a much improved side. Much, much, much improved. And bar yeah. a couple of goals, as we keep saying, they could be really in with a shot at survival. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you can say it's a failed experiment. I think he has done a fairly good job, really. Especially um, after he got his players that he wanted. Yeah, especially after the, after the, the, the players that were signed, yeah. Um, I think the, the four players who come in have to take a lot of the credit for the improvement, as well as Sam. Um, but um, Oh, sorry, I just hit my microphone. Um but yeah, I, I think Sam Allardyce will, be, will remain our manager this season. Mm. I don't think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll be in charge of 
I do. I think I don't. I don't think we'll see him leave before the end of the campaign. Mm. Last one, uh, Alistair Jones, friend of the podcast, Alistair Jones. Uh, like to discuss a way of getting another forward on the pitch. Diamond with Pereira back as a ten. Grant or Robbo with Diania. Fullbacks to provide whip. Semi in for O'Shea for added pace at the back. If we get countered, we need goals. Thoughts? See, so on this podcast in the past, I have said my favourite formation is three five two, and it is my favourite formation. That is what I would play if one of the clubs came to their senses and appointed me as manager. That would be my go-to. Um, my second favourite is the diamond formation. Yeah. And the reason why, and I, I talk about, I do talk about this bizarrely too often, is because I've got this weird sort of love affair with Nathan Jones, the, the Luton <laughs> boss. <laughs> Second uh, time in two weeks. He's second time in two weeks. I, honestly, I speak about him too much. I really do. Um, but I watched this Luton side play this diamond. Oh, my God, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. They absolutely savage teams with it every single week. No one could get an answer to it. Um, absolutely fantastic it was. Um, week after week after week, it was brilliant the way they got that system to work. Um, and... Obviously, Everton played a diamond the other night against Albion when they went on to win the game. They brought Sigardson on and, and shifted to a diamond. Mm. So, I like it, I do. I like, I like the idea of it. I, I, it gets Pereira back in the 10 roll first and foremost. That's, that's the very, it gets two strikers on the pitch first and foremost, which I think Diagno would benefit from having someone like Robinson alongside him. I really, really do. Um, for reasons already stated, it gets Pereira in the number 10 roll. Um, which again is important. Then comes the actual crux of the system. If you're going, if you're going to play a diamond, your two central midfielders, if you like, you got obviously you got okay at the base. Yeah, looks absolutely tailor made for that role. Your two actual central midfielders, if you're going to play a diamond, they've got to be absolutely bursting with energy. Amen and Gallagher all over. I mean, they are literally they couldn't have more energy. The two of them, they are. Yeah. It's, they cover so much distance. And what you need them to be is what football manager terms is a mezzala, which is mm. players that basically drift into central midfield, but drift start in central midfield, but also drift wide to cover that space out wide. Because otherwise you're going to get overloaded on the wings. Well, those two players could do that fantastically well. They would be great at drifting out wide and coming back inside, especially Maitland-Niles, who yeah. there's a case a big case whether his best position is out wide anyway. So I think they'd be fantastic. The next thing you need in a diamond is two attacking fullbacks who have to have proper engines on them, real, real engines. They have to be wingbacks, um, but at fullback, really. I think Daniel Furlong could do it, personally. Yeah. Um, I think he'd be fantastic. And I think Connor Townsend would be fantastic as well. Connor Townsend is arguably Albion's biggest threat at the minute with his yeah. balls into the box. I mean, he's without doubt the best crosser of the ball at the club. He's massively, massively underrated, Connor Townsend for me. Massively underrated. Um, so I think it works. I think it's a system that would could potentially work. Um, I do. Um, Who would you have up front with Diania? I'd have Robinson. Uh but for all as much as I've just waxed lyrical about it, I still think you've got to stick with what we've got at the minute. Yeah, the issue you've got is the likes of Robert Snodgrass, like they can't play in that formation. Where's he play? No, he's not playing at the minute anyway. True. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of it. I really, really do. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it yet because I still think we've seen enough in this four-three-three to suggest... The Albion are on a real. I think they're on an upward trajectory. I do. I do think that. I do think if you were looking at them performances as a graph, they are going up. Um, they are. They are playing well. They're not scoring enough goals. They're not creating enough chances for me. But they do look a solid side who is capable of giving anyone in the Premier League a real game. Mm. Um, so for that reason, I would stick to what I would stick to it for now. I would. Um, but I do like the idea. I do like the idea. 
yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess you you could probably say if if it gets to the point where Albion are, are done and dusted with some games left, then maybe just give it a go just to see what it would look like. But ultimately, it's a weird one because you either do it now and and hope that it pays off, or or stick and and hope that that pays off. It's it's a bit of a catch twenty two, isn't it? Um, okay, Crystal Palace away this weekend. Uh, we said Newcastle was a must win. Sam Allardyce said Newcastle was a must-win. Is there anything above a must-win? Because that's what this game is. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you. It's yeah. It's it is what it is, isn't it? It's absolutely must-win. Um, we're beyond must-win, really. We're now. Well, Newcastle was must-win because if we won it, because we went into it believing that if we win it, we'd have a really good chance of staying up. Now that sort of hope's gone and we're thinking, oh, if we win again, we might get the hope back almost. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's beyond that. Uh, I don't know. I, haven't, I've, I mean, it is Wednesday. I haven't looked at their team news. I don't know if Wilfred Sahar's playing or not. He's, he was back fit uh, in their last game. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, right. Well, Start, okay. I think he started on the bench. Um. So, obviously... Got some very good players, Palace, most notably Zahar and Easy. Mm. Um, Benteke's scoring again, isn't he? I think. Um, yeah. Obviously, Albion, Sam I said they were, he was keen on Benteke back in January. Um, it's, it's, it's one of them, isn't it? It's, it's like Newcastle all over again, really, in a sense that for Palace, this is a massive game. Mm. Absolute massive game. They'll be looking at this saying, a win. That would massive step towards survival. Not only would it boost them, it would massively. It's a it's a huge nail in Albion's coffin if it if if they beat us. So yeah, massive massive game. To me, it looks like a draw. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a draw all over, unfortunately. Um, which again just isn't going to be good enough. But can Albion do it? Yeah, of course they can. They can. They, they absolutely can. Um, but would you make any changes? It's weird because I just feel like I'm the like the biggest Matt Phillips. Like, what's the opposite of a fan critic? I'm just not. I do like Matt Phillips. I do. Like, I genuinely do like him. I just, I just would never play him. <laughs> I don't know why. I just can't. <laughs> and always have some. I just think Snodgrass, for me, has to play. He's he's a little bit more of a threat, isn't he, Snodgrass? You think he can he can whip in that ball, which can cut open a defence, or he could score a free kick, or even though we've not really seen him take free kicks. Um, but I, I see where you're coming from. At the same time, Phillips had a good game against Newcastle. It's harsh, isn't it? It's always harsh. Like, it is harsh. It is harsh on it. Because you could argue he's done what Dyer O'Shea's done. Yeah. He's Although what, yeah. the one thing I would say about O'Shea was there was a point where him and I think it was Joe Linton were in a foot race. I think it showed that he doesn't quite have that much pace. Bless him. Well, yeah, but it was yeah, but it was one instance, wasn't it? I mean, mm. and Albion were proper. He he was proper in a foot race as well. I mean, Albion were a bit exposed on the counter there, so I think he can let him go for that one. He can't. He doesn't have to be the quickest. I mean, that's player. it. Like, I mean, John Terry never had pace, but he was a, a very good centre back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like you can't expect him to be the be like the complete player, can you? But um, he's not Maldini. I'll no. give him a break. I like I like Joe Lynn then. People hammer him, but... I, I mean, he's, he, he's victim of the prize tag, isn't he? He's victim of the... Yeah, I mean, he doesn't score, does he? That's the bottom line. That's, you can understand it. I think he's an all right player, I do. Um, but obviously he doesn't score, and for the 40 million he cost, it is absurd, so... Yeah. But he ain't bad. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I guess we'll see um, how Albion do, mate, Palace. Uh, still don't know if I'll be there. Still don't know. Palace haven't got back to me yet about accreditation, but probably off, aren't you? Oh, claim! Oh, not allowed to say it. Not allowed oh, to say it. I'm working this Saturday, regardless. <laughs> I'll either be at home, and we'll have to do a video where I'm sat in my office and you're sat in your car, or I'll be at Sellers Park, one of the two. Yeah. But we will see. Um, unless you've got anything else to add, mate, that that'll do do us for another episode. No, all good, mate. All good from my end. Slightly over an hour. I do apologise. I know, but Aaron Five, though, I'm impressed. 
Yeah, okay. Um, right then, fingers crossed Albion can get uh, a big result on the weekend and hopefully the, the, the survival train hasn't completely derailed. We will see. Um, from me, from Joe, a fun fire. Goodbye.